VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to this free episode of Dunk Don. I think it's one that illustrates the, the great quality you get in our podcast. First of all, Nate has on a special guest in Andrew Marchand, uh, and they have a fantastic conversation about sports rights, specifically to the NBA, TV deals, national and local, and what it means for the future of the league. But when Nate does some of these special episodes or something extra, it's it's usually not taking away from your regular content. So, of course, he and Danny come back on at the end and discuss all the news, all the regular things you're used to getting from Dunk Down if you're a subscriber. And so we hope you enjoy uh, Nate and Danny going that extra mile. If you'd like more of this content, you can subscribe to Dunk Down Prime at dunkdown.supportingcast.fm. Dunkdown.supportingcast.fm. All right, I'm really excited about this week's guest, uh, Andrew Marchand from the New York Post. And it's a really pregnant time now in NBA media. Uh, he is the sports media reporter from the New York Post, has a great podcast, the Marchand and Uran podcast. Did I pronounce John's name correctly, by the way? He did not. He did not. It's Oran. Ah, ah. Joined some nice company, Chris Russo, Pat McAfee. <laughs> now you're in that company. Um, you had a different version though, which is good. Well, yeah, I was, I went phonetic. Well, the reason I can't get it is because I constantly hear all the wrong pronunciations on True. the podcast. If you, if all I ever heard was you guys saying it correctly, then I would have it. But I had all these ridiculous pronunciations bouncing around in my head. So Fair. <laughs> so it's great to have you on because I wanted to talk about the NBA's TV landscape. We have so much stuff, this uh, Diamond Sports bankruptcy, the effect that that's going to have. The NBA's national TV deal is coming up for renegotiation. That, as our listeners know, affects the salary cap and the league operations so much. Uh, the C- That's a good impetus for everyone to get the CBA done before they're going to have these negotiations. So lots of stuff I want to talk about here, but first I wanted to kind of step back and just take a look at the NBA's uh, desirability as we get into these negotiations. Obviously the NFL is number one as a TV property. Where does the NBA fall in behind the NFL? Yeah, it's probably two professional sports wise. I think college football can give it a run for its money. Uh, but I think that's something that's always sort of lost in this discussion is uh, you're kind of talking apples and oranges, right? Like if I always say this about baseball, but I'll use the NBA as an example. If the Lakers and Celtics played once a week or Golden State or whomever, yeah. what would the ratings yeah. be, right? They play. So it's a tonnage sport. And the way the playoffs are set up, you're not going to be able to match the uh, the festivities that is the Super Bowl in terms of it's a certain date every year. You have the halftime show. 
And it's just kind of part of American tradition. So even if you get a game seven and people love to say, well, game seven compared to Super Bowl, yeah, but game seven of an NBA finals is within a series. You have to be following it and you'll get a big number for it. It just won't be, you'll be dwarfed by five times at least uh, by the Super Bowl. So uh, to answer your question though, I would put definitely professional sports wise, uh, NBA is number two. That's, that's really interesting. I, I think uh, you said it's a, a tonnage sport. I mean, so. So is it like, do you think it's a reasonable, because the NFL still gets more, right? I mean, I guess I've never looked at it this way. I probably should have just how many eyeballs watch an entire NBA season over all of the games versus how many people watch an entire NFL season. But the NFL, I mean, I think it would be insane to think that the NBA is going to get more than the NFL did on a per season basis. They got 10 billion per season. Um, So the NFL gets more, even though they have so many fewer games, they get more viewers. Maybe you could argue like more eyeballs are watching the NBA. So why is the NFL getting more? Well, it's just the setup of how the NFL, um, it's just, it's once a week, basically. I mean, now it's three to four times a week in terms of national games, but in terms of your team playing, it's once a week. Uh, and the numbers are incredible that the NFL gets. I mean, if you look at the top 100 shows, uh, in the entertainment and sports, uh, it's 75, you know, usually this year, I think it was more, but it was the number we were quoting for like two years ago was 75 out of a hundred. I think this year it's even a couple more than that. Uh, so yeah, the NFL is the king, uh, when you're talking about, um, viewership, uh, and how it's set up. But yeah, I would make the argument though, when you talk about baseball or basketball or hockey, uh, the tonnage of those games that when you add up total, you know, how much, how many minutes watched, uh, there's probably more minutes watched when you add up all the local broadcasts and someone, you know, would argue, well, that's not fair. The, uh, and NFL only plays 17 regular season games and the NBA plays 82. Yeah. Well, that's the point, right? <laughs> you know, they're going to have more attendance, uh, in, you know, largely, uh, and, um, so it's a different sport, but, but it's still, uh, they have some issues, the NBA, for sure, uh, but uh, it's still something that's very desired uh, by the ESPNs, the Warner Brother Discovery, you know, as you know, Turner Sports, uh, and then some new players are going to be going uh, for these contracts coming up, Amazon, Apple, NBC, and possibly Fox. Yeah, we'll definitely get into all that. I, I guess another reason, too, is, yeah, it might be more total eyeballs in theory, but it's not more people, right? The NFL, like for advertisers, hey, all right, yeah, we, we yeah. get the same, you know, 20 or, or, you know, whatever it is, the same like 4 million people watching a, a national NBA game, which that's probably actually a lot for a national NBA game uh, during the season, but it's the same people, whereas the NFL's footprint is so big, that has an impact yeah. on, you know, if you're an ESPN, how many, you know, what you can charge to cable providers and, for advertisers, there's just such different demographics and people that you can can reach through that. Uh, I also, if we have time, want to get into the idea of maybe the NBA reducing their games and how that would affect them from a media perspective. Um, so I, I guess that from a media rights holder perspective, then best thing and worst thing about the NBA? The best thing is the stars. Yeah. I mean, when you think about the you know LeBron James... Um, and, you know, uh, a Luca, um, you know, you, you, you think you start Kevin Durant, um, these are the biggest stars 
in sports. The NFL quarterbacks are up there with those guys, but LeBron's the biggest star uh, in sports, I, I would say, still um, at this point. You know, you could argue if you really want, you want to go international, Lionel Messi, um, but domestically, uh, I think LeBron is still number one uh, most recognized active player. Um, and so I think that's the biggest thing. Um, you want to see LeBron. Uh, so to me, that's number one. Uh, that's the most important. So, so are thing you gonna going to say the worst for? thing is not seeing the stars because they're not playing? <laughs> that's the problem, right? That's the issue. Honestly, when you talk about we talk about the tonnage and the regular season games and the value of those games, um, they don't have great value to me right now in terms of you know the regular season. Uh, we can get into, and I'm sure you guys have discussed, you know, the in tournament play and what we see in international soccer and what you know Adam Silver might want to try to bring to the States in terms of uh, making these regular season games more important. But if you tell your audience, that's not that big a deal. If a star plays in this game, they, they're going to start to believe you that it's not that big a deal for them to watch as well. Um, and so, you know, I'm in the New York area. So the Knicks aren't anything of a guarantee to ever make the playoffs. You know, this year it looks like they're going to. Uh, so the regular season does have importance, but a lot of teams make the playoffs. Um, and, so th- I think that's the biggest issue when you're looking going forward is how to make the regular season, you know, more important. And also to me, another issue is just how the playoffs, they drag on too long. Now I know that they're trying to get on Tuesdays, Thursdays, Sundays, because that's when traditionally people watch the most television. I would argue though, if there was more rhythm to the playoffs, that would help the NBA. Um, because it's just like sometimes these game, these series, it's like, wait, there's another day off. It's like three or four days between games. Um, and I, I just think that it lacks, um, rhythm during the playoffs and it just makes it drag on forever. And unless your team's in it or, you know, it's, it's hard. Like you watch a lot, but it just feels like it just goes on forever. And I think that's something they could work on. So. The ratings are down over, you know, basically all programming's ratings are down except uh, the Titanic NFL. And, you know, they have these issues with the regular season. I think everyone acknowledges that at this point. It's uh, maybe it's even something that's overplayed, but a lot of fans have frustration about that. So why are they going to get paid so much? Why are they going to, you know, I I mean, we'll talk about what that number might end up being in the aggregate, but. I think we all agree it's going to be a lot more than it was in the national TV deal last time, which averaged about $2 billion. It kind of went up. I think it's at two point four in the last year of the deal. Why is it going to be so much more? Because it's the only thing that works now for a lot of places, <laughs> right? We kind of a Netflix, Netflixization of media uh, where streaming has become you know, where people go to watch shows. You know, it used to be. Uh, when I was a kid, you know, Thursday night on NBC, it had Seinfeld and Friends, et cetera, whatever. I didn't really watch Friends, but Seinfeld. Um, and, uh, you know, that's where you went to watch. Now, if you if there's a show to watch, even if it's on a traditional outlet, you're going to a lot of times you're going to stream it later. Right. You're not going to there's no go to television. So the, but the one thing that's different is live sports, um, because it's just you can't recreate that. You have to watch it in the moment, um, which is different. And so even though the NBA ratings are down, they're still popular, right? It's not like it's not popular, especially in comparison to regular television. Uh, and so, um, you know, the business is changing 
right? And when we'll get into, you know, the Amazons and the Apples are, you know, possibly going to get involved. Um, but, and there's, and it's staying the same. So because you look at what ESPN is trying to sell and why, you know, I expect them to keep it because the NBA is a big part of what they do. The NBA finals is a huge deal. That's a marquee event. There aren't, you know, there aren't NBA finals to be had, right? There's, there's the Super Bowl, there's the World Series, there's the NBA finals, there's a the Stanley Cup. Um, and then there's college football's playoffs in the NCAA tournament in basketball. Um, beyond that, there's other events, but nothing that approaches those. Uh, and the NBA is right there at the top of, of, of all those, you know, after the Super Bowl, um, and, you know, in line with the World Series. And so, uh, that's why there's a, uh, growing audience. And, um, you know, ultimately they're going to have multiple bidders and that's going to allow them to ask for a lot of money. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess the, that's the case, right? It, and it makes sense because there just are so few ways just in general in our society for advertisers to reach people. And similarly, with the cable bundle, basically with with, uh, with uh, you know there being other options now to cable, it's almost more imperative for these networks to have these rights because they're basically going through the analysis of a consumer saying, well, why can't I cancel cable? Oh, because the NBA finals is on there. There's the ESPN. And so everybody is invested in this, whether it's the cable companies, whether it's ESPN getting their big subscription fees from the cable companies, everybody wants these shows to still stay on cable. And so like, there's this entire ecosystem that's kind of dependent. It seems like on live sports still being on cable. A hundred percent. And yeah, you, you can't, you know, it, it's interesting when you hear about cord cutting and, you know, never, I think they're never haves or something in terms of like young kids who come out of college and never had cable. Um, like, how do you watch the playoffs? Playoffs are on Turner and they're on ESPN. Those are the two ways to watch it. Now you could borrow somebody's, you know, uh, passwords and all that type of stuff. And, you know, kids, obviously a lot of people do that, I guess, but, um, you know, eventually you got to pay for your own things. And, uh, the, so yeah, so, it's and you, you the thing about it also is that like and I think this actually hurts the NBA and especially regular mm. season wise. The one thing that that has happened um, with social media um, is that when I was a kid, you wanted to watch Michael Jordan. You either had to watch NBC at one o'clock on a Saturday, or maybe you could watch Sports Center that night, or maybe you could watch the local news and get a couple of highlights. Now LeBron James does something spectacular. Uh, it's on Instagram. It's on TikTok, it's on Twitter, it's on all these things. You can't, you can't miss it. Like even if you wanted to miss it, you can't miss it, right? You're going to see it. And so I do think that's a problem for these leagues. I think that actually might be as big a problem as the load management stuff. It's just that that idea, is it cooler to watch it live? Yeah. But do younger people, you know, feel like I have to invest two and a half hours um, because I want to see something spectacular? No, I think they could, they say, you know what? I'll just see it um, when it when it happens. I'll see it two seconds later. And it's not even like you have to wait, really. I mean, that, that stuff's up very quickly. Uh, and so I think that's a real issue in terms of younger people, especially. Do they want to watch full games, uh, which is where the, really the biggest value that these sports leagues, these major sports leagues have had. And so I think that's something that they have to kind of address and try to figure out of how to get people to watch the full games. 
Man, I just love American Giant. Just an amazing clothing company. I was reminded again of how much I love it when I drove from California to Montana over the All-Star break. And you know what it's like when you're on a long road trip and it's cold, particularly when it starts off warm in the bay and then we get into some really cold areas. You're like, well, I don't want to wear like my jacket in the car, but then I get out to fill gas. I'm going to be freezing, but the American Giant hoodie was perfect because despite being made out of a nice heavy material that'll keep you warm, it's not too hot as well. So I was able to wear it in the car, not be too hot, step out of the car and still be warm enough when I was filling up gas or going into a restaurant or something that I didn't feel like I needed my jacket, even when it was cold outside. These things are amazingly durable. I proposed to my wife wearing an American Giant hoodie in the Grand Canyon almost seven years ago. I still own that same hoodie. I still wear it constantly. And American Giant has since spread out into all sorts uh, of other types of clothing like their premium slub crew tee the no bs high-rise pant the slim roughneck pant featured in giant magazine issue two every american giant piece is made in america and designed to last no exceptions and it provides year-round comfort so find a closet staple for every part of your spring days at american-giant.com and get 20 percent off your first order when you use that finger code capspace at checkout you remember we talk about capspace all the time here on the program that's 20 percent off your first order at american-giant.com don't forget that cap space code to let them know you came from us anyone who's seen our youtube videos knows that i don't wear formal stuff all the time so when it's time to dress up rather than dress down i highly recommend inochino they were the official outfitter of my wedding i got my tux from there all my groomsmen got their sport jackets from there as well i felt really good about having them be the outfitter of my wedding because all my groomsmen were going to get stuff that they could continue to wear that fit them perfectly because when you go somewhere else you're not going to get something that's made for you so why not measure yourself in 10 minutes or visit a showroom rather than feeling like you're wearing somebody else's suit that they tried and failed to tailor for you and not only does indochino have the suits that made them famous but now they've got everything blazers pants women's wear outerwear designed and made for you hundreds of high quality fabrics to choose from european wools linen cottons tons of colors tons of patterns you can customize things like the lapel the vents the pockets and you'll get a piece that is personalized for you in fit and style level up your game with indochino go to indochino.com use the code capspace user in our capspace we talk about all the time here on the program you get 10 percent off any purchase of 399 dollars or more that's 10 percent off at indochino i-n-d-o-c-h-i-n-o indochino.com and don't forget that capspace code to let them know that you came from us and particularly with the devaluing of the regular season, at least in the sense of it being important who wins all these games and there being so many of them, you know, there's still a feeling of like, well, if I miss the game tonight, uh, uh, there's a bunch more. There's another one the next day. But I mean, I think the biggest value of the NBA re- regular season, you talked about tonnage, but it's also just, hey, these incredible highlights that get generated, these incredible plays. But that, yeah, if you can get that for free, without having to watch the game, then it does somewhat devalue it. But uh, what do you make of this idea that the NBA, like this is what the young people care about. Like they have the youngest audience, it, even with the idea that some of it is uh, being kind of uh, leached away by social media and stuff, but compared to the NFL or certainly baseball, obviously that the NBA has the youngest is that how much does that really matter in terms of uh, what it can get as a TV property? 
I mean, it's helpful. I mean, you want to be able to say you have a younger audience. You don't want, you know, audience that's 55 plus that, you know, is aging out who advertisers don't seek out as much. Yeah, Um, I'm old. I'm sticking with Tide. I've been with Tide for 20 years. I'm not trying another detergent. Exactly. It's hard to put the toothpaste back in the in the uh, in, into the tube because you know you're used to you like Aquafresh, um, <laughs> and so you're going to stick with Aquafresh, right? Even though Colgate might have a good commercial. Uh, same thing with your detergent. So yeah, they, so yeah, it's helpful. The problem is, if they, are they watching the games? And how do you get them to watch the games? Yeah. That's the that's the yeah. issue. Um, that yeah, it's I wrote about this in the new, a newsletter that I write on Mondays. Um, how it's kind of a paradox with the it's going on with the NBA, right? They have this issue with load management. Ratings have been down, and they're still from everyone you speak to are going to get a huge increase uh, in their next deal. Uh, so it's sort of like there's a dichotomy, which is going to drive pre- the salaries up um, even higher. Um, but I do think they have an issue. Like the, these things, they might not be at the tipping point yet, but you start paying guys, you know, Charles Barkley said this the other day, you know, you start paying guys $60, $70 million a year. People get a little fed up if they're not playing, right? Like it's okay to miss a game here or there, but uh, they got to figure out how to get guys playing and wanting to play. I, I would think, you know, maybe you cut up the season in the two halves. Maybe you can make the playoffs in the first half. Um, you got to make these games more important. You, you know, maybe you qualify for these tournaments based on your regular season record, like they do in European soccer um, for the next year. So, you're, you know, your season that you have, that's how you qualify for the championship tournaments. They got to find a way to make these games more important so the players care more and the fans are not kind of turned off by it well i was gonna say this till later but i might as well bring it up now since we're on on the subject my idea is you just cut the regular season to 58 games you know have it basically same model as soccer is where you play each team home and away that's your season and but you're basically playing twice a week and so and and you would have it that most of the games kind of similar to the nfl most of the games would happen on a certain day but then maybe you have the marquee game you know, uh, being a, on a different day. So like everyone watches that game. You only play each team twice per season. So it's a appointment viewing. And just from a performance standpoint, I mean, that's the biggest thing. There's this whole oh, load management, you know, the players are being lazy, blah, blah. Like a lot of the science shows that, especially the way the NBA is played now, like you can't really be expected to play, you know, three or four times a week that's like it's more it's similar to soccer where like in the soccer you you're a big soccer fan like nobody expects you to play more than twice a week in fact sometimes guys won't even will will get a day off even with that so but here like guys used to play 82 games back in the 90s but they'd kind of be like jogging through and the game was just a lot easier so that was my thought is just all the games will mean more you're only playing twice a week, so it's easier. Like if you have kind of a nagging injury, it's easier to just manage through that to play twice a week, and then you get treatment the rest of the week. Kind of like the NFL guys can kind of manage things a little bit more. Um, what do you think of that idea, and specifically with respect to how that might affect the TV product and what they could get for it? Well, it would affect the regional TV product, yeah. right? Less games, and so. That's where the issue comes in, and that's where like the greed of it and kind of can Adam Silver 
you know, kind of if that were if he agreed with that plan and they agree with that plan, uh, be able to say, look, yes, in the short term, we're going to make a little bit less money. But in the long term, this is better for the game. It's better for you. It's better for everybody. I don't think on the national point of view like that would be bad necessarily yeah, i think it would right? be good because, because the, yeah, everything because would, you mean would more. make the game that you make them more important yeah. like exactly like you're solving the problem um yeah. they would have the same you know, inventory it, nationally that they have now yeah i mean obviously you have less gates yeah. right so how many home games are you getting then you're getting yeah you'd be getting 41 now and you get 29 yeah. so yeah you're losing 12 uh gates that's a lot um, so that's where, you know, would the owners be willing to do that? Would the players be willing to do it? Um, but I also am a big believer of like looking at things, um, and saying, if we started today, what would we, what would we do? Big time. And that's hard yeah. to do because, but like what you're saying, you know, I kind of like the round number maybe it doesn't work, I guess, mathematically, maybe you get to play one team three times, yeah. you know, 60, you know, like yeah. a rounder, but that makes sense to me, right? Because then the games mean more. And I just think the problem is they just play too many games. It's just like a traveling circus. Um, baseball, same thing. Too many games. Um, you got to cut down. You know, you still need, you know, baseball, you probably need 130, I'd say. But, you know, some people are like 154. Um, but the, you know, to get a champion, you know, to, to the best team. I also think I've said this before in both baseball and basketball. I think you got, they have to find a way to make the regular season championship mean something. I mean, I get it. if you just give it a trophy that maybe people would laugh at it, scoff at it. What, what if it's a really time, big think, trophy? <laughs> <laughs> if it's a nice big trophy, perhaps. I just think over time it would gain some importance. Yeah. I think if you put start putting banners in the uh, rafters, uh, I think it would gain some importance. I think maybe at first people might mock it a little bit, but I, I do think that there could be something to it. I think, again, I'm going to focus on baseball here, but like the Dodgers – have had like kind of a dynasty. They have one championship during COVID year and it's kind of been looked upon like, yeah, they're a little bit of a disappointment, but that's not how baseball is played. And they've had the best record many years. Shouldn't it mean something to have the best record to build the best team during the regular season? I think the NBA, same thing. I think that would be something that I would try to, um, that I think is important. Uh, and you know, and the, the buy-ins, you know, cause you, you, maybe you go down to 60, 58, 60 games, but then you have the extra tournament, yeah. right? Yeah. Maybe that's where you you can um, figure out how to maybe get to, you know, with teams mostly playing 70 games. You're still cutting down, but not as much. Uh, and the games are more important. I just think you have to make it so. I, think, I do think there's an issue there. Uh, and I think for the future, I think you'll make more money, though, if you make the games more important. Um, because yeah. like, if you look at the NFL model, why it's so great. I mean, obviously, the nature of the sport makes it so you can only play once a week. But it's just a perfect model. Like if you're a fan of uh, the San Francisco 49ers, you know, you only have to you only have to say, look, I need three hours every week. Yeah, that's it. It's, you know, it's not a big ask. Um, you know, these other sports, you need a lot. So to ask for a little less from the fans, I think that might prove to be better long term. Two games a week would also like, you know, each team is playing two games a week would make it so much easier for fantasy too. That's a huge thing, I think. And that that to me is one of the biggest reasons why the NFL has maintained its popularity. Sure. Um and like NBA fantasy right now is just way too complicated. You're like, oh well, uh, this guy's playing four games this week and this guy's playing two, so who do I start? It's, it's you know, you can kind of yeah, like you, you can't and there's you have to set your lineup every single day. Like it, it's all too hard. Um yeah, I mean I, I think 
I don't think NBA fans are ever going to go for the regular season mattering that much in and of itself. In particular, because like in soccer, for example, like the Premier League, you know, being that's part of the triple, you know, but the Premier League season goes on all the way until the end, right? It's not sort of like this prelude to, okay, now what really matters yeah. is the playoffs. And this is where, you know, the the championships are, are won and lost and it's all. But now if you had fewer games, then at least you could be like, well, this game really matters for seeding and seeding is really important. I do think they could still have the midseason tournament as well. So it, you mentioned the RSNs and that maybe being one of the bigger impediments to having fewer games. And we saw it in the bubble, right? They had this runt regular season that they started as a ramp up basically so they could get to 72 games and still get paid. I think a recent article, I can't remember where it was. It was either the athletic or CNBC said that the RSN is only about 15% overall of the league's income. And now you have this diamond sports bankruptcy. So a lot of topics to talk about with respect to RSNs, but you kind of take us through what's going on with this diamond sports bankruptcy, just generally the RSN business and how that could, what the resolution of that is looking like it's going to be. So diamond sports has the rights to a lot of NBA MLB and NHL teams regionally, um, mostly in the Midwest. Uh, and they're not able to make their payments and they're expected to file for bankruptcy and then still exist. Uh, what the NBA is trying to do is get those rights. Um, so if you're the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I'm not, I'm not positive, like don't quote me on them. I'm pretty sure they're one of the ballet teams. Yeah, I think there's um, 16 in total. 16. So the um so yeah, so the NBA could get those rights and then create a streaming service um and in probably also be on cable um and make it so take blackouts out of it. I mean, that's definitely a goal for the NBA is to get rid of blackouts if they can. Um they know that if they could just sell, you know, one package uh, like what we're seeing with MLS, um that it probably would do well if you just spend a certain amount, which now you can, but you don't get your in-market gains. Yeah. So then you need another um, for your local team. You need another subscription. So they're going to try to do that. Now, it's going to be messy. Where it exactly is going to go, nobody really knows. Uh, because the issue you have is that some teams, they have really good regional sports networks still. You know, the Knicks are still doing really well. Um, in terms of uh, as an RSN, you know, I presume, you know, the bigger teams out West are doing well with their deals. And so do they really want to split up the pie? Like what's in it for those teams? You know, baseball is a bigger example with the Yankees. Like they're never going to, I don't think going to be in part of something, you know, because baseball wants to do the same thing. Um, and so can you get all those rights together in one one way and then just split up the revenue, um, which might work. Of especially for smaller markets, uh, might be better for them, um, but it's going to be complicated. So where it all ends up at the at the near term and maybe even long term is that they're going to make less money these teams. So that's going to be a hit. Now, if they can find a way to be able to offer, you know, all the games in one area, the problem is then you infringe on your national rights, right? If you just do like a clean, you get every game for a hundred dollars. And you don't need ESPN. You know, well, then ESPN and 
Turner, Amazon, all these places, they're not going to give you big money if if they don't have any sort of exclusive for their packages that they're trying to sell. So I don't see, so I don't think the NBA, and I don't think they'd be smart to, is ever going to just have one way you can just buy every game. I tend to doubt that, at least right now. Um, You know, again, not mentioned not forever, you know, maybe at some point that's the case, but I don't think in this next deal, that's how it's going to be divvied up um but yeah they it's a it's a major issue because there's no really alternative player um except for the nba taking in these rights for themselves and going direct to consumer which there's probably there is a market if you if you have no regional sports team and it's like your network and there's the only way you can get it uh but you're not going to get the same amount of money as you were getting when everybody if you're Valley Sports is on basic cable in Cleveland, and everyone who gets basic cables paying for it, it's much you're not going to be able to make the same amount of money. You're the calves, etc. If uh, you're just selling direct to consumer to only the people who actually want it. Yeah, everyone else who has this cable package but isn't watching Valley Sports Ohio is kind of subsidizing both the channel and then, of course, the, the rights that are paid. They they are, but I just want to say, yeah. and it's one of the most misunderstood things in media about like this. And I even people who cover this, like who who they don't really understand it. Yes, that is true. But like what they don't ever say when people say that is that you're we're also the sports fans subsidizing all these other networks. Yeah. So yes, people are paying for ESPN, but they also might like the Cooking Channel. And the cooking channel without sports, without these networks will probably cease to exist Mm. because they're not going to be propped up by these places that, yes, get more money from each and every person. But if you're giving the cooking channel 15, 20 cents a a month, yeah, that's not as much as uh, $10 that it costs for ESPN. But if you're like a diehard cooking channel person, you're getting that for 20 cents. And if there's no ESPN to help prop up that cable um, subscription, uh, then there might not be a cooking channel. So I just th- that is so misunderstood mm. and it has been forever. I mean, again, it's really good for these sports networks. I'm not saying it's not a great deal to have people pay you for things that they don't get. But when you look at the overall bundle and the amount of channels you get um, for a lot of people, even the ones who aren't watching sports, it's probably not as bad a deal as people kind of make it out to be. Yeah. All right. Now, that's a, a fair way that to look at it yeah I, i've i guess i wasn't quite thinking of it that way so let's yeah. Yeah, i didn't mean to get on you and that's like, <laughs> it's just a common misperception it's just like a common thing people like kind of say and i just kind of uh i don't know it irks me a little bit because it's just like it's not exactly right man it is crazy to think that i've been working with helix sleep since 2015 and i think that's because my story with them seems to really resonate with listeners if you've never heard it before that was kind of the beginning of the direct-to-consumer boom and there was another very prominent mattress company at that time that was trying to convince you that mattresses were one size fits all they found the one formula the one mattress that was going to work for everyone my then girlfriend now wife and i ordered that mattress we ended up having to return it because hey guess what not everyone is the same and then she did some more research and found helix sleep we took their sleep quiz and we found a mattress that actually worked for us and our body types and uh, helix offers 20 unique matches everybody sleeps differently and helix matches are designed for specific sleep positions and field preferences hot or cold side sleeper back sleeper so take that helix sleep quiz find your perfect mattress in under two minutes 
and it's shipped straight to your door free of charge it's no risk because you really need to sleep on the mattress in your own home you're like well how should i order this if i can't sleep I'm like yeah you're not going to learn anything by going to the mattress store and sleeping on the mattress where do i take my shoes off do i leave my shoes on but then my feet kind of hang off the bed because i don't want to put my shoes on the bed and is it weird that i'm laying here for more than 30 seconds you can't tell anything under those circumstances you might as well just order it get it sent to your house get that hundred night trial they're 10 to 15 year warranty depending on the model and there's never been a better time to try a helix sleep mattress because they are offering 20 percent off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash capspace easier slash capspace we talk about all the time here on the program that's helixsleep.com slash capspace this is their best offer yet i can attest to that since i've been working with them for nine years and it won't last long with helix better sleep starts now don't forget that slash capspace url to let them know that you came from us welding instructor alex declare knows vr training platforms like forge fx help students master their skills there's a big learning curve with welding virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact so let's say the nba gets these rights back these 16 teams are they then just I, i guess they're selling some sort of like nba tv cleveland to you know whatever the local cable provider there is and then they're also doing direct to consumer there as well but they're only doing it for those 16 teams and then you still can't get the cleveland cavaliers if they're on national tv on this channel you know it's the same thing as it would have been uh, you know that they have the same rights that the rsns would have had and then you have other teams like the comcast teams that's a big one or you know, the Lakers with Spectrum and the Knicks with MSG, uh, Nets with Yes, you've still kind of got this piecemeal thing. And that just, I think that's kind of how it's going to persist for a while then. Well, the power that the NBA could have if they get all the rights, like let's just say they have rights to 16 teams. Yeah. When they when they talk to cable operators, um, they'd be negotiating with 16 teams in tow. Yeah. And so that's yeah. where... They haven't. I, I think if you look at the how they redid their league pass this year um, and the NBA app um, is designed where you'd be able to buy those games through the NBA league pass app. Um, and then can you sell league pass to these cable companies and kind of become your own RSN per se? It's different, right? And that's why it's a little messy. Like, how do you, so, um, like baseball, for example, I think the NBA probably be saying something probably there's a very good chance they could do something similar with NBA TV where, you know, where on your cable system, there's just a channel where you can watch your game. Right. But you get it through kind of NBA TV, maybe on your bill, it would be kind of through the NBA, NBA TV. Um, again, how is it messy? So, like, I yeah. can't give you a definitive answer. But I think that's where it goes, right? And that's where the power is. The NBA would have power if they had 16 teams to negotiate with all these cable operators and be like, all right, we got these 16 teams. This is how much money we want. Um, and then they divvy it up uh, amongst the teams. And um, and then they also are able to offer it streaming-wise. Um, so I think that's where the equation comes in. Yeah, and I guess just the issue is in the short term is they're not going to make as much money out of that as they would have made through these rights fees. but that's that's off the table that's no longer an option diamond sports can't afford to pay those fees anymore so exactly so that's the there's no guarantees with like this new system that would work 
Um, and again, it's not perfect because you're not getting, you know, if you got all 30 teams, right. And you just got every game. That's pretty, it seems like a good, that seems like that would work. If you sold that worldwide, that might, but you still have your national deals that you want to maintain. And then they're not going to get rid of the national deal. So I, they're figuring it out. They're smart. Um, you'll be able to see your games. Like, I don't think anybody's not going to be able to see their games. How much is going to cost you is the question because what pe- te- teams have done and networks have done with their direct to consumer offerings. Um, if you look at like in Boston with Nesson, um, they're charging $30 yeah, a month. That, that's an insane number. Exactly. MSG, same thing. It's $30 a month. And it really feels designed to just keep you on cable because I'm not going to spend $30 on, you know, and then the Yankees are going to, they're trying for opening day to have their own direct, but let's just say they're $30. So now I'm at $60. I still don't have the Mets. Um, I guess I do have the, I don't have, eh, I guess I, with those two, I wouldn't have the Mets. That'd be the big one in New York. Um, yeah, but you're but you're, still, you're, still, you're still talking. Let's say they come in at another thirty or ninety. All right, I could just add cable now, but I still don't have ESPN, right? And I don't have Turner. Like yeah. all of a sudden, I don't have the NBA playoffs, and so it's like for the consumer, they, they might turn back to cable and be like, you know, what? it's not that bad. Also, it's just it's easier to just be able to have them all in one interface, just change the channel between. Like that, that's easier than going between all the different streaming platforms. Uh, as well um yeah i mean maybe what happens is it's just they get the this 16 now and they just as these rights come up they just continue to 100%. try to grab them i mean i think a lot of the the you would think that for a lot of these teams even when it's like comcast and also like if nbc gets involved in the national bidding maybe that can all be folded in as well into some kind of a product so you know maybe it's just going to take a lot of time I and mean, some of these teams have like very long contracts uh, with the their rsns and those are usually the teams that really matter because that's the thing like the memphis grizzlies like their local tv money doesn't really matter that's like a drop in the bucket overall if the lakers are getting 200 million dollars a year that's like that matters (laughs) yes exactly significant money and i think ultimately you know these streamers amazon espn apple that they that's where you know the nba could partner with one of them to to create this system um where it's either part of their current systems or an add-on um i think that could very well happen and where they're selling the games like right how if you could go to espn plus and buy the cavaliers games um you know as a added you know espn plus is like 7.99 let's say you give another 7.99 per month um maybe that becomes a business so I think that th- that's where you're sort of there's going to be a lot of creativity and it's going to be interesting, you know, where it actually fully ends up. So let's get to this national TV deal now. ESPN and Turner have exclusive negotiating rights, I think, through the spring of 2024 is what I saw reported. All the analysis, I believe, including yours, is there's no way that they do what they did last time and they just re-up with these. They're going to open it up. I'd be shocked. If they didn't open it up, I think the NBA wants multiple partners. Um, the way I think it will break down, I think ESPN will keep their side of the bracket, meaning they'll keep the finals, at least half of it, if not all of it. Um, and they'll have most of the playoffs on, you know, that they have now. I think the Turner package is the one that's really in play. I think Turner could do less. I think Amazon is a real huge player. That really is going to make some noise. Already has relationships uh, to broadcast. 
and stream uh, the NBA in different countries. And I think you got to look at relationships are very important. I think, and I think Amazon wants it very badly. Um, and I think NBC, the chairman of NBC Sports is Mark Lazarus. He used to be a Turner when they did all those deals, strong relationship with Adam Silver. Um, they have a broadcast network, uh, which could be very important. The NBA, I think they're going to want to be on broadcast TV more. Um, and so, uh, I think they could end up with, I would be shocked if they don't end up with at least three partners. And I'd probably say, I think it'll be four. Wow. So 2.4, I think is what it is in the last year of the deal. The, the actual deal ends with the 24, 25 season. So 25, 26 would be the new season so i mean the big thing that us cap dorks are wondering because this affects the salary cap and then all these teams are going to have more salary cap space and we saw it was a seismic event when the new tv deal kicked in last time they'll probably smooth it out a little bit so you don't get quite as much of a jolt to the system but over a few years you're going to see it what do you think that number ends up being it's two four now there was an article a couple of years ago in cnbc which i kind of poo-pooed a little bit that was thinking that they're going to get to like eight total i was like no way they're doing that because the nfl is 10 and they're not worth 80 percent of the yeah, NFL. I don't think they're gonna eat. so what do you think i mean look I, I i look i think those type of articles help the nba right i think they <laughs> like that type of article um so like i was the first one to write that the nfl though this was deep into the negotiations we're gonna get 100 billion dollars yeah you know 10 plus years 100 billion so uh you know I would say if they can get to four to five billion, that seems like pretty good uh, per year. Um, you know, so double, you know, double what they have now. Um, I think that's kind of like, I think, you know, they could probably like ESPN, I think also is going to want less regular season games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're going to want more of the marquee games. Maybe they're interested in that play in tournament, obviously the playoffs, obviously the finals. Um and then I think Turner, I think if you're, again, too early to really say for certain, but I could see Turner maybe becoming Tuesday nights on Turner. Um, less play, you know, still playoffs, but less playoffs. Um, and then Amazon comes in and takes Thursday and Thursday instead of, you know, kind of how they've done it now when they haven't competed with Thursday night football, where Thursday would start after the NFL regular season Thursday night schedule. So if you're Amazon, it works out pretty well. Thursdays are on Amazon. You get Thursday night football during the NFL season, regular season. And then that just the next following week after that ends, you go right into hmm. uh, the NBA being on Amazon on Thursdays. And I think Amazon gets some inventory, maybe that NBA TV playoff stuff that's on NBA TV. Maybe that becomes Amazon, at least to start. Maybe they can grow as their contract goes and proof of performance um, where they could get more playoffs. Um, and so, and then NBC, is there a game of the week, you know, aspect where you have your ABC Saturday and then NBC again, starting after NFL season, maybe on a Sunday. Um, so I think those are some things you could see. Uh, I think that you know, firstly, I think you were, you knocked, you know, knocked around earlier in terms of the schedule. I think that's the first thing you have to know though, right? Yeah. I mean, if, if you can really knock down to 60 games uh, and then have a, you know, some sort of tournament, that would change the equation a little bit. Yeah. I think um, there's no way that the, that happens. Uh, by the way, that that's like yeah, my I, I'll, fantasy. I'll put it at um, yeah, I'll put it at uh, no way as well because <laughs> um, they're all making too much money now. And like you always hear, like exactly. every commentator who talks about this, which I don't think that they're necessarily correct, is like, well, yeah, but who's willing to take a haircut on the money? I'm like, well, like 
do you ever consider you might make more on the fewer games that you have right like the nfl is 17 games they make more you know so it's like uh, well yeah if you go from 82 to 72 games like all right you're gonna see like a a, you know like over a 10 percent decrease in revenue like i don't think it's gonna work that way necessarily but that seems to be and i'd argue the nba player has proven to be one of the more unselfish players like i think Mm. when you look back at lebron Right. When he did the decision and he got crushed and deservedly so in a lot of respects, because of how it was done. And he didn't tell Cleveland and the whole thing, but he took less money to win. Like, isn't that what we always want? Like is for guys to take less money to win. Uh, and I think we've seen that a lot of occasions where players have taken less money. Now, would they take a little less money to um, to make their lives better? I don't know. I mean, it's obviously this is a collectively bargain thing. So it's not just one person making an individual decision. Uh, but you know, it's the owners, I think, that have shown, you know, they haven't shown any lack of greed. I haven't seen an owner do anything. Now, I'm not saying they should. Um, they're businessmen. But uh, that's the one that you haven't really seen them um, say, all right, we'll take a little less. So, yeah, to, to get back to it, yeah, I don't foresee uh, them cutting down the season because it's just, you know, less money, yeah. less games, less money. But I don't those those national regular season games aren't really a sought after because they just don't mean anything. I mean, there's not they're not doing that well. And you have the factor of like the star player might not play. I mean, they gotta figure that out. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, there's if they were actually about to get less on the TV contract because of this issue, then I think you would see them maybe considering these yeah. radical changes. But like, hey, everyone's it's still the golden goose, everyone's still getting paid, everyone's still getting paid more. It's a tough argument to make like, well, hey, yeah, this is a problem, but you're getting paid more. So why don't you take this risk that could potentially lead to less money? I think it'll lead to more, but I can't prove that. I don't think anyone can prove that. So status quo persists because the problem isn't, although they have these problems, there are these overall market forces we talked about that with cord cutting and live sports in general being so in demand where they're going to get paid more, even though the product in, in a lot of ways is worse and is rating much worse than it was you know, 10 years ago. A hundred percent. So uh, they probably should do it, but they won't. <laughs> uh, so why did the, would the league want to go with like this four partner approach? I mean, for me as a consumer, I'm like, oh man, I mean, I, I have Amazon Prime already, but just for the average consumer, it's like, all right, now I have to have cable and i gotta get amazon like if i'm gonna see some of these playoff games i mean maybe they would have something where you know it's still on local tv so you don't have to have amazon prime there i think that's what the nfl does right so but still like where you're like hey if i want to watch every playoff game now i gotta add more it seems like that probably is gonna end up being bad for the consumer then well i mean amazon already has the nfl Right. Yeah. And they're averaged yeah. eight to nine million people per Thursday night. So that's a lot of sports fans who have Amazon Prime video already. Um, and so um, when you look at it, uh, yeah, I, I mean, at the end of the day, all this is not good for the fan, <laughs> you know, because the consumers being asked to pay for things multiple times. Like, I mean, a nightmare scenario is like if you're a soccer fan in if you have, if you want to watch all the Premier League games, you have to have cable. So you have USA Network. Broadcast is obviously free. The games on NBC, but then you also need Peacock if you want to get those games as well. So like they they bought the Premier League and then they charge you twice. So like let's say NBC does that with the NBA, then you need cable. Let's just say they put games on USA, they put some games on broadcast, and then they have some games on Peacock. Well, 
You got to pay for two of those things. And so, uh, yeah, this is going to be no. This is all. Of this is not really great for the sports fan in terms of yeah. their wallet, and, and just in terms of finding stuff too. That's difficult for the casual fan. But okay, what chance on this one's on Amazon? All right, it is, I and I think that's also something. Yeah, that's also something the NBA has to really think about how they make it clean, right? Like, how do you make that appointment viewing? So if you do an NBC deal, it's hey, this NBC Sunday night. They're going to take over Sunday night after. You know, if Sunday night football ends, they go right into the NBA. I mean, I kind of think that works Thursday night, Amazon. Mm. Um, you know, maybe ESPN has a night. But I don't think ESPN will have as many games. I, I think that's something I, I, I'm pretty, at least at this point, certain. Um, they want as many regular season games. Uh, and then Turner maybe becomes Tuesday instead of Thursday. Or maybe it keeps Thursday. But, um, yeah, no, it is going to be something. But, again, if you make it so it becomes per- part of the vernacular, then I think it can work, right? But you got to make those marquee dates. It can't just be sporadic, which I think they understand. I feel like, like ESPN, even though it's Wednesday and Friday, and then it's Saturday for ABC, it's it still feels sporadic for whatever reason. Yeah, you sometimes know, sometimes they have like longer. Sunday games at night. Yeah, like sometimes they don't. Yeah, I'm a, I, even I, as someone whose job it is to follow this, will be like, oh, this is on ESPN. They have this random game at like six p.m. Eastern. On, yeah, exactly. On that's that's, a random that's a, right, I, I guess it seems like a good game. I'll watch it. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. So, a couple other things I want to ask you before you have to go. How do you feel, uh, as someone who watches a lot, does this for a living, what do you think of the presentation of the NBA by ESPN and Turner. Like how are they doing with that? I mean, I know there's a lot of people in my field who complain like, Oh, they hired these analysts or such curmudgeons. And all they do is bitch about how it was so much better 25 years ago and everything. And like, Oh, if they only presented celebrated the product more, the ratings would be higher or something like that. So that's a common complaint, but just overall, how do you feel uh, is they do maybe relative to some other sports? Well, I think number one, like inside the NBA is, you know, the best studio show of all time. Charles Barkley is the best studio analyst of all time. Now you're a diehard. I know some diehards don't like it as much, feeling like those guys don't. Yeah. Well, well, he has uh, absolutely no idea what he's talking about. So that's that from an exactly. actual basketball perspective, like that's true. But yeah, you got to look at it as entertainment. Exactly. So, uh, so that's good. Um, I personally liked ESPN's top crew of Breen, Van Gundy, and Mark Jackson. I think Van Gundy's one of the best game analysts uh, going, uh, I think, in any sport. Uh, I get it. Some people feel like he's critical of the game and whatever. That's part of the job. I think he's funny. I think he's very um, straightforward and honest. Uh, I think Turner's made a mistake after Marv um, retired. They haven't really made a number one um play by player should be should be Ian Eagle. Uh he's clearly he might be the best anywhere. Um and like I think that kind of 
again, does it affect your ratings? It's hard to say. You know, these are something at the edges that I think the presentation being better helps you overall. Like, you know what I mean? Like ratings are are helped by that overall. If it's a really good presentation, if it's really well done. Um, and so, you know, I don't know if you could argue it like this game is going to get a better rating. Like the Super Bowl would have done, you know, they had a great rating. They had, you know, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman left um Fox for ESPN and they had Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson. They had the third highest rated broadcast ever um in terms of the ratings. Uh so but I do think that yeah so I don't think that you know their presentation in terms of ESPN studio shows um it's pretty good. I mean again if you watch get up and first take that's basically what it is. It's get up first take PTI yeah. with Stephen yeah, A. Except there's Jaylen. three minutes of actual talking during halftime and the rest is there's not as much talking. <laughs> yeah, the biggest news was Maria versus Rachel back a couple of years ago. Nobody actually watched those pre and yeah. like in, in in studio shows, but that game a huge story nationally. Um so yeah, I think I think overall though the presentation is pretty good. To answer your yeah. question, I mean, I, you know, it's not a general question. There's specifics that things you like, things you don't like, certain announcers you do like, certain ones you don't like. But overall, I think it's pretty good. I think it will be interesting if we do have this fragmented national environment with three or four partners. Maybe we will see some of the same competition that we've had with you know, trying to hire guys away. Maybe you, you'll get a lot more to report on. That, that'll be good for you, right? I'm like, Yeah, let's root for that. Yeah. <laughs> so let's uh, root for that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. No, I think that's been an issue. I mean, if there's only one finals, yeah, you know, Breen's held yeah. the finals for, you know, a couple decades now. It's like there's no real competition um for that. And I do think if Amazon comes in, they're gonna want to make a splash. They did on Thursday night football without Michaels and Kirk Herb Street. I think they'll try to do that um with the nba as well try to have that best booth come out of the gate right away and get that it does give you credibility that's the thing it doesn't like i'm not the usual brian anderson guy like if he does a game it's like he's fine but like it doesn't feel big at all and it's just like he's not really an nba guy in my opinion more of a baseball guy um and so like it just doesn't feel big on turner i think if you make it a marquee um, you know, Marv made it feel big, you know, obviously yeah. at the end, Marv wasn't yeah. the same broadcaster that he once was, uh, but it made it feel big. It is a Marv Albert game. Yeah. I, I think TNT, their actual game presentation hasn't been as good to me. The one thing they do that kills me is they come back like, like they are squeezing in every possible commercial at every possible opportunity. Like, like they'll come back. It's like tie game, you know, three seconds left in the game. They come back and the guy is like already inbounding the ball, right? Like there's no setting that like they are squeezing it. Like they miss a lot of action a lot of times, like due to commercials. Like they are really, you can, it seems like they are trying to pinch and squeeze every penny out of this that they possibly can. Yeah. I mean, well, they're trying, like, look, a lot, all these media companies are kind of struggling a little bit. And so, uh, yeah, they're not alone, but yes, you're right. They do, uh, it is, they're trying to get as much into that you know, two pound bag as they can. If they get three or four pounds in a two pound bag, they'll do it. Uh, last question here. Some of the alternate casts, I have a vested interest in this because I do one with the NBA league pass uh, once a week, generally the NBA strategy stream. You know, we're obviously small players in that compared to a Manning cast or, you know, Bill Walton had Ben Affleck on his the other day. But what do you see as the importance of these kind of alternate casts? There's also a company called playback that we've worked for where creators can basically just have 
viewers sign in to uh, their cable provider and then you, you they watch the game in this playback app and you can get commentary basically from anyone. But what do you see as the future of these alternate casts? Are they really going to add to the bottom line? Are they going to get more viewers in? Like, why are uh, companies invested in these where you might just say, well, hey, just watch the game. Like, you're going to watch the game regardless. They're important because um, we talked about trying to get younger people to watch, right? And, you know, younger people now, especially with the phone, you know, the, the, the phone and the internet is the greatest medium there is. Right. We could argue about if it's good for, you know, to monetize things as compared to newspapers back in the day when the newspapers had monopolies and TV, back. whatever. Number one, it's the best way to reach people. Easiest way. Um, and so you need to offer uh, fans different ways for them to consume the game because they got to see what works um, a- as well. Now, I don't think they will ever be. At least not again, I shouldn't say I don't want to say ever, but at least not in the near term, next 15, 20 years. Um, I don't think alternative broadcasts will be like that's the only way to watch the game. They have to be opt-ins, right? Like your 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 stream broadcast, um, it's an opt-in, right? Like I'm choosing to watch it with you um and getting your point of view. Uh even the Manning cast, you know, yes, it's the Mannings, um, but if that was the main way to watch the game, I don't think it would be very popular if they just said, nope, no booth. And this is how you're going to watch the game. Uh, because I find for me, you know, with the Manning cast, I don't really know what's going on in the game very well for me. Right. Um, and so it's got to be an opt in where I'm choosing to watch it because maybe I'm not as into the game, but, um, but yeah, I, I think those are here to stay. Like, I think, um, they can be inexpensive to do. And if you hit on something really good that becomes popular and it adds people and gets people talking about the game, I mean, a lot of this stuff is going to be word of mouth. Um, you know, you got to watch it with, you got to watch Nate's um, stream. Uh, you know what I mean? Cause he's giving you something you're not getting on a regular broadcast. Um, and I think that's what we're all trying to do in media uh, in terms of, you know, telling people something a different way, a better way, a more entertaining way. Uh, but yeah, I think those are definitely part of what we're seeing. And you're seeing it basically almost every network is doing that now because the leagues want it. They're demanding it too, because they want to reach especially younger viewers. You know, how can they reach younger viewers? And the idea of like just let me just put a big net out there and I'm gonna get three million people. Well, maybe you can put a big net out there and get 1.5 million people, but I'm gonna get another two hundred thousand another way. Another hundred thousand the other way. Yeah, maybe I'm not getting that same number, but I'm getting to a number that I need to. And the thing that leagues and networks and like there's, it takes time. Yeah. Right. That's the one thing that it doesn't just happen overnight. And the Mannings, it's a little bit different. And Peyton Mannings, you know, arguably, you know, the greatest quarterback ever. Um, and Eli was a legend in New York with a couple of championships. Uh, and so, you know, that's a little different and it costs a little different. Um, but, in general, it takes time. So uh, I do think these things need, you need to know it's good and then let it percolate. Yeah, it's interesting. There are a lot of different formulas for this. I mean, it seems like most of the ones I've seen are almost like recording a podcast during the game, essentially. Like I, yep. I like the ones and what we try to do is to be just like even more hardcore about like really being focused on, on the game. But, you know, that's only probably going to appeal to certain hardcore fans. And I think th- there is 
a purpose in serving those people, even if like, yeah, they would, the people who are watching our stream, like they would probably be watching some kind of NBA thing at some point that way. But anyway. if they enjoy it more, but they enjoy it more and they're spending more time with the NBA app. I, there's huge value in that, in my opinion. Um, and the other value is, is that like why like all these places you got to be fan first is that the way these things really grow is that the people like it, right? Like the people who actually watch it are really liking it and then they tell somebody else and that's how it grows and it becomes something. Um, so yeah. So, I mean, you could argue, yeah, they'd be watching anyway. And there are people who argue that Manicast, it's like, they're really ESPN's not really adding anything. They're just, people are just watching in a different way and they would have been watching anyway. Maybe, but I don't know. I think at the fringes, especially with games that you're not as interested in, if you give me something different way to watch it, I'm not as interested into the, the teams. Uh, I think it does help keep viewers. All right. Well, uh, this has been awesome, Andrew. I'm glad we we're finally able to connect it and get this done. I'm going to challenge myself uh, again, the Marshand and Oran podcast. Did I get it this there time? There you go. Yes. You it. Yep. Five out of yes. five. Yes. Uh, and also the uh, uh, New York Post and New York Post uh, sports newsletter uh, where you're doing great work uh, as well. And I, that podcast is a must listen for me. Uh, I, it wasn't even word of mouth. I don't think either that I found it. I can't remember how I, how I found yeah, it well, exactly, but uh, yeah, no, that's, that's a great listen for anyone who's interested in sports media. And surely uh, as we get more into these NBA TV negotiations and all the diamond sports bankruptcy, it's going to be essential listening for me. So thanks for joining us, Andrew. Great. Thank you, Nate. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I hope you all enjoyed that pod uh, with Andrew Marshan. I really enjoyed talking to him myself and getting uh, some new perspectives for where the NBA fits into the sports media landscape. But I wanted to catch up on some news here to close out the week. And let's begin, Danny, with the latest on John Morant. He will not be charged with a crime due to a lack of available evidence per Glendale, Colorado Police. Uh, the department did not find any witnesses or complainants who could conclusively state that a gun was present by John Morant. And a video alone is not enough to bring charges. Obviously, there's no one in Morant's circle who would have any reason to talk to the Glendale police about this and even less reason to admit anything if they did. So 
it seemed like this was always where this was headed unless they could find some witnesses at the strip club who were saying that he was doing something wrong. And generally strip clubs are not the sort of place where it's good business for uh, them to talk about these sorts of things. Uh, He will, however, still miss at least the next four games, starting with tonight against Golden State. Where do you think this is headed now? This will now be six games that he's missed. It's not clear, and I think there has been some some clarification. I, I think is is useful. There have been co- obviously comparisons of a distinct possibility, though I wouldn't say probability, of the Gilbert Arenas situation. And Gilbert got fifty games from David Stern, but that was the rest of the regular season, and that that could be different here. It I, I think the key question is going to be: Can anybody prove conclusively that John Morant brought a gun onto the team playing like that? That could trigger some some more serious repercussions. I'm I will openly admit I'm not sure. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Brant was out a significant portion of the remainder of the regular season. Like if we're gonna have if we're gonna have that as the line, but. I mean, the Grizzlies are, are a clear playoff team, even if John Morant doesn't play in another game in this regular season. I, If I had to put money on it and I don't want to, I would say I don't expect him to miss a playoff game. Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, and I think one of the big steps that's happened, Jake Fisher reported this, that for the first time, in addition to his public statement, there is a feeling of some contrition from Morant and his camp that this has gone too far and really... The video was the culmination of a number of actions in which he just basically evinced increasing defiance on this issue. Now, how much of that problem is guns and violence? How much of it could be substance related? That's all we don't really know. I mean, you're probably not shirtless in a strip club at two in the morning with a gun sober but again we don't know that that was also another way that he could have faced legal jeopardy as if he had been intoxicated with a gun which is is also i think a misdemeanor under colorado law but again there was no way to prove even that the gun was there not much less that he actually was drunk at the time there's no sobriety test or anything to prove that yes it's gonna get interesting here i mean i think it seems like from here on out he's going to follow the playbook at least as far as like contrition and making amends and whatever this getting help is going to consist of. I mean, who knows whether it even is something where he needs help. It could be that he just needs to stop making dumb decisions or even just acknowledge that he was doing the wrong thing and stop doing it. And I'm not really an expert on whether how much like this sort of behavior is the result, you know, can be alleviated by professional help or needs professional help. I can't get inside his head for that. But it seems like he is going to jump through the hoops now, at least in the short term. So yeah, I agree. If that happens, like now the issue is that there's this investigation, but we'll see what, I, I mean, the odds of, we don't really know what the odds are of that investigation substantiating that he brought anything to an NBA workplace. You know, even if he had say a firearm, like in his like checked luggage on the plane and never actually brought it into any sort of a practice or anything like that. You know, what does that get you? Uh, obviously there's the possibility that it wasn't his gun. It was someone belonged to someone else, et cetera. So my guess like yours is 
we'll kind of see this be resolved before the end of the regular season. Um, I mean, it could even be the type of thing where he comes back. You know, there's this, the other issue is there can't really be double jeopardy. We don't even know whether he's being paid during this period in terms of it being like it had this word suspension has not been used. It definitely is not a league suspension because that would have to be publicized. But yeah, it, it does feel like this is going to resolve eventually as long as there aren't further facts that come to light. If there are, then we will assess appropriately but memphis has other problems they do steven adams the knee issue that he is dealing with is unfortunately going to persist he received a prp injection but will be reevaluated in four weeks you're going to hear the four-week timetable a lot during this news update that's functionally he's missing the rest of the regular season at at the minimum i mean we're we're exactly one month from the end of the regular season one month and four weeks are not exactly the same thing but they're pretty dang close yeah it was a sprained right pcl which is not an injury that you often see. Uh, That's the ligament on the back of the knee. But generally, the way that that can happen is through some sort of a hyperextension. And so that might mean that there's something else going on in the knee in addition to the PCL issue, you know, where he's uh, experiencing some soreness or pain. And yeah, I mean, this means... Odds are now he's not going to play in the playoffs or in the first round. Or if he does, he'll be just coming back. Now, he's not a guy that I think, you know, needs to, like, get into great rhythm, right? Like, he can kind of go in and knock some heads and stuff. But he's also relying on being in very good condition and being able to play hard. And so if he's not at that level, then, you know, and he's kind of hobbled, you wonder how effective he could be. But, of course, this is an even greater issue because Brandon Clark is now out for the year with the Achilles. So it's basically Jaron Jackson and Xavier Tillman and Santi Aldama in the front court. Maybe David Roddy can play some four for them as well. So they're not, they don't have like no depth, but Xavier Tillman, he's an elite third big, I would say, but he's also a third big for a reason. And like there were times against Carlisle Towns that he played over Steven Adams last year, but he's not as good as Steven Adams, particularly offensively with his screening and offensive rebounding. Steven Adams is very important for John Morant in particular, I would say. So Yeah, this is big trouble for Memphis right now. It is. And another compounding factor here is, yes, their typical starting power forward can play center. You need more threes and fours to make this work. And Kyle Anderson is now in Minnesota. Roddy and and LaRavia, I mean, Roddy, I think, may be more ready to help with what they need than LaRavia, who LaRavia also is dealing with back soreness. Um, But that's not the main issue. LaRavia has been marginalized in the rotation. And Aldama. So not only, I mean, the cascade, any further injury sets them in even bigger trouble, but they don't they don't really have the overall depth to do a lot of different variants here. So it's it's dangerous for them. And I mean, the I, I as I said, if I had to guess the Morant situation resolves before the playoffs, but Adams and Clark Clark definitely out Adams potentially out. That's a challenge. Well, and then you throw in the seating aspect of this as well. They're currently tied with the Kings. Kings have a much harder schedule down the stretch, although, as we know, that can kind of change based on whether teams are trying or not trying in a given game down the stretch. And yeah, no Morant, no Adams, no Clark. And the Grizz, they have weathered absences in the past, but as you noted, they don't have the same level of proven depth that they did before. So they kind of feel like they're a 500 team right now the rest of the way. And you know, the I, I will, could, I will yeah. say this. We, of course, we're still waiting on the results of Kevin Durant's MRI. I, I think there's a distinct chance the Suns finish ahead of the Grizzlies as well. Yeah, so that would put them, what, four? Assuming, assuming that, that the Kings are ahead of them still, yes. 
Yeah, we'll see. We've seen teams that are trying find it easier to get wins late in the season, even if they have guys out. Yeah. So one, one I'm quick... not shoveling dirt on their possibility of being the two seed yet. Absolutely not. No, what I'm saying is they're just those are the seeds that are in play for me with Memphis. But a, p- a sure. piece of context, Morant's missing the next four games. Golden State, Dallas at Dallas at Miami. Those are all tough contests. And I mean, we've seen each of each of those first three in particular, like lose to teams that they should beat. But that's still a lot to ask. And and then they have a plenty of winnable games after that, including a set at home against the Houston Rockets. But they also, unfortunately for Memphis, most of the end of their season is against teams that at least right now look like they'll be trying. That could shift for a team like the Bulls or the Blazers. Let's move now to Phoenix. And unfortunately, as you mentioned, we haven't gotten the results of the MRI yet. But there was a disturbing report very late last night after we recorded from, I think it's azcentral.com, the paper in Phoenix, that there is fear that KD could have a grade two ankle strain and be, or sprain, excuse me, and be out four to six weeks. Now, not every grade two ankle sprain has you out that long. Also, ankle sprains are the type of thing where regular season and playoffs are different. You can come back earlier. Maybe you'll, you just won't be quite as effective. So, I would be surprised at this point if KD like misses any playoff games now. And Phoenix has been playing pretty well, even without him. Devin Booker has four straight 35 point games. They are thin, of course. So I think this probably to me matters more for seeding. Obviously, I mean, this would be an unprecedented situation if he plays his fourth game as a Phoenix Sun in the first round of the playoffs. The Suns are a little bit ahead now of the pack. And so I don't think there's a concern of them necessarily falling out of that home court advantage line unless somebody behind them really catches fire, which it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen necessarily. Maybe the Warriors can get it together, but without Andrew Wiggins, like their their defense is always going to be a question. So I'm again, we'll see what this MRI says. And KD is one of the easiest guys to fit around. So I'm not going to be and he's been in so many places, so many systems like he knows how to play like I'm not. And he also even has come back many times after a big break right at the start of the playoffs and been really effective. And now if he's making his playoff debut against Golden State at full strength, like, you know, that's not ideal for them, obviously. So we probably will have to just wait until we hear what the result of the MRI is. But if we're I'm thinking this is probably especially because he finished his workout. Like, I, I think this is maybe a little bit hyperbolic at this point. Maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe the MRI will say something different. But. You know, I think this is going to be more like a three-weeker. He plays a couple games at the end of the regular season. That's, again, ankle sprains. It's hard to just, like, look at it and tell when you see the injury mechanism and stuff. But, you know, it's, uh, I think it's going to be okay. Let's uh, move on to some of these other teams here real quickly. Nothing else huge at this point, I don't think. Well, the I, the next most significant thing to me is the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, good news that Luka Doncic, yeah. so he had this left thigh strain, ended up leaving a game they lost to the New Orleans Pelicans, um, ended up leaving that game. But the MRI came back clean. Luka has been dealing, so the way they phrased it is that he's been dealing with the thigh injury for the better part of the last week. I actually recorded earlier today with uh, Tim Cato, and he said it's been, he thinks it's even earlier than that, maybe a little bit after the all-star break so luke has been dealing with it the expectation is that he's dealing with this discomfort once the discomfort subsides then Doncic will be available to play we don't know what that timeline is but that seems like something that's more in the like days maybe we maybe low weeks rather than like months or something 
Yeah. Now, of course, given Dallas's precarious seating situation, this is one of those things where it seems like you keep playing on it. It's bothering you. Rest is the only cure. And it would be nice if he could just take three weeks off and let this thing heal. But they don't necessarily have that luxury. Uh, obviously, it would be great for them, too, if they could avoid the play in and get him some rest before it. So it, it seems like he's going to play, but he's still probably going to have to rush back before this is like fully resolved and they'll just have to continue to manage this throughout the rest of the season. We're still kind of figuring some things out with the Bucks. Uh, Giannis sat on Tuesday in a game the Bucks won over the Magic for illness, but he was seen with tape on his right hand and now he's been ruled out of their game against the Nets on Thursday due to that hand soreness. Again, we don't really have a, a clear timeline. The Bucks are, especially with the Celtics' recent struggles, they are in pole position to get not only the best record in the East, but potentially the best record in the NBA. They're two losses ahead of the Nuggets, three losses ahead of the Celtics as we record this. But an ex- extended absence for Giannis, which I don't expect based on this injury, that could potentially put that in jeopardy. Yeah, Drew Holiday will be back this from this neck soreness. And the Bucks, with their depth, like they're in a position to continue winning games without Giannis. And the Celtics haven't been exactly on fire either. I do think that getting the number one seed and avoiding Philly, getting to play either the Knicks or the Cavs or whoever it ends up being on the 4-5 line in the second round is a nice prize. So that number one seed does have some value in the East. And the number one seed in the overall NBA has real value too, if you mm. depending on how you feel about who makes it out of the West. Um, a couple of players that are going to be out presumably for the rest of the regular season. Mo Bamba has a high left ankle sprain and he's out for at least four weeks. That's pretty much the rest of the regular season. Where the Lakers fit in the overall picture is not too dependent on Mo Bamba, but that is notable. Then for the Pistons, Isaiah Stewart had an MRI on Tuesday. They identified a left shoulder impingement. He's functionally shut down for the season. And then Boyan Bogdanovich has the they're monitoring this Achilles situation. It seems like bilateral Achilles situation. Yes. And it sounds like Bogdanovich might be, let's call it unavailable for the rest of the season. It's it's hard to determine whether he, you know, could and they're being judicious about this and everything else. So presumably those two starters will be unavailable. But the good news for the Pistons is they are getting Jalen Dern back from his bilateral issue. I can't remember exactly it's an, was what it was. And so now we get to see how Dwayne Casey is going to manage Duran and James Wiseman at the center spot. Minnesota, Chris Finch said Carl Anthony Towns is without a timeline slash timetable. That's always the nebulous verbiage because nobody wants to commit to anything, particularly when it's been a long-term absence, because then there's also this feeling again of a setback. And especially given the fact that Towns was pissed off on social media, that it was initially, I think that he was even told that it was four to six weeks and that that was reported as four to six weeks. And obviously that hasn't been the case. They are going to be very judicious about putting any kind of a timeline on things, but he is starting to do stuff now. Uh, He's doing some basketball activities now, but still no real timeline for him, says Chris Finch. If he's doing some basketball activities, I mean, maybe there's a thought that he could come back for like the last like five games. But of course, he's quite the piece to reintegrate for the Wolves. 
at that point but he he is enough juice in the franchise that presumably they would bring him back but you know he'll be on a minutes limit he's not a guy who's been known for like keeping himself in like amazing shape from a body composition standpoint well and calf injuries can be a real challenge there too yeah yeah it's it's hard to do a lot of stuff but but, i mean you can also just not eat and like keep yourself from ballooning up you know that's a possibility but uh so you imagine that he won't be past the minutes limit portion of the season he might even be sort of like coming off the bench in more of a bench scorer role they look like they're a pretty good bet to at least be in the play-in but their path to getting to the top six is a lot more difficult so the idea that he could be back for the end of the regular season and then like be reintegrated and ramped up and and ready to play full minutes in the playoffs like that it doesn't seem likely like i think we're at the point now where you have to at best count on a reduced impact from carl anthony towns if he is able to return unfortunately that reduced impact is probably along the lines of what we will see from zion williamson if we're even that lucky he um the the reporting is that his injury continues to heal but reevaluated in two weeks I didn't see anything about increasing his activity, what sort of movements Williamson is doing now. So with roughly a month left in the regular season, I don't think we'll see full Zion this year at all. Will we see some Zion possibly, hopefully? He might be the slowest healer in NBA history at this point. Every injury this guy has ends up being like quadruple the amount of time that he was supposed to be initially. This is his third now major injury. And yeah, we've also noted that when he does come back from injury, that it takes him a while to kind of get back to real. And he's also just a stylistically a guy that his teammates probably takes a while to adjust to as well. So yeah, this is this is probably the end of of New Orleans season here in terms of really making some noise. I mean, maybe they get into the play and maybe they could get to be like the eighth seed or something like that. But uh, e- even if they do that, it's hard to imagine Zion being at his absolute best, which is what they would need to make noise in a series. And then Brandon Ingram sprained right ankle for him, didn't return to their victory over the Mavs. And I think Luca uh, missed a bunch of time in that game too, although he went out after the Pels had a pretty big lead. And so he ended up playing only 18 minutes last night. And so we'll see. It was initially reported he was available to return. They held him out maybe just because they were up, although it ended up getting really close late with Kyrie playing 41 minutes. But obviously Ingram is also really important. Don't forget to Jose Alvarado and Larry Nance are out for the Pels as well. But CJ McCollum had a monster game to push him to victory against Dallas. CJ uh, had thir- 13 consecutive points in the fourth quarter. And they all, I mean, it was a, a, a potentially significant win for the Pelicans as they try to kind of piece together their spot and everything. Go to the Celtics. Um, Peyton Pritchard is dealing with left heel pain. And we've kind of been hearing heel sometimes as a shorthand for what becomes it's less scary than Achilles. He got injured on the last play of regulation in what became an overtime loss to the Cavs on Monday. Pritchard could miss the entire six game road trip. Not necessarily a huge part of their rotation at full strength, but somebody who can step in and who can be a part of it. Um, from the Nets standpoint, they're they're going to be without a live. We brought up that Giannis is going to play against against the Nets. Well, the Nets aren't going to be playing Cam Johnson, Royce O'Neal, Nick Claxton, Ben Simmons, and Spencer Dinwiddie in that game. So I guess kudos to the Bucks for for that possibility. Is that a national TV game too? Maybe that no, maybe they moved it off a of national TV after the KD trade. Anyway, that's not incredibly important. Um, I am seeing it as a non-national game. It's uh, today's games are Warriors, Grizzlies, and Knicks, Kings. Light the beam. Uh, we'll Fred see. Van Vliet. We 
recorded as this was happening, so I missed it. Just completely went after Ben Taylor, the official, as pointed a criticism, really an enjoyably profane criticism, uh, as well as we've seen, he will surely be suspended. I would think. Well, I don't know. Maybe he won't be suspended for. He'll definitely a get like- a. He'll definitely miss a game's worth of money. <laughs> Whether whether that is yeah, we'll see. I mean, these are the comments of someone who expects to make a lot more money in the off season, maybe. But uh, Dan is going to have the audio of that in the daily dunks today. He'll probably talk about it more. Uh, But it's I highly recommend listening to like the full audio of it. It was very enjoyable, if perhaps unwarranted. We we could say that Van Vliet didn't feel that referee Ben Taylor was thinking basketball last night. This one, you felt like it was probably going to be coming. Lonzo Ball is, they're probably going to try a third surgical procedure now on his left knee. Even for running, he's experienced pain. There's talk maybe that there could be nerve damage as well. Now, as far as him getting a career-ending injury, you know, there has to be a medical determination that he's not able to and will not be able to play competitive basketball again in the future and if he's having this surgery you know we're not there yet right like i think they're they're still trying to fix it and he's going to attempt to come back that's why they're doing it now to try another surgery see if something can change by the beginning of next season again really just a sad saga there very sad and my hope is that the injury exclusion stuff doesn't matter because Lonzo Ball is available to play I don't know what that timeline would be just as a point of clarification it is possible for the Chicago Bulls to wield cap space in the 23 offseason. However, doing so would presumably require saying good, getting Lonzo Ball's salary actually excluded, which a that might not be that might be too fast to do it. And yeah, B, I don't think I don't think there's a way that they could do that. I mean, unless yeah. unless they go into his knee and find something where it's like, oh, he's he it's just completely fucked like that. He's never going to play again. Yeah, it would take something like that. But just conceptually, if we're going through the exercise, if if that happened and they said goodbye to Vucevic and presumably Kobe White, the Bulls could have some usable cap space. I don't expect that trio of things to happen. Instead, the more plausible timeline here, hopefully this doesn't happen again, would be Lonzo Ball has that player option for 24-25. Potentially, maybe something happens at that juncture. And that year, if they don't, depending on where the Bulls, I mean, myriad things could happen by that point. That's when De- uh, uh, DeMar Rosen's contract has expired. We don't know what's going on with Vooch, and so that could theoretically be be an avenue. But again, hopefully we don't have to go down those roads, and instead we can catch up on a couple more teams. Uh, Vlako Chanchar has missed three games now with a sprained right wrist. He missed the surprising loss that the Nuggets had to the Chicago Bulls. A um, couple number of Bulls had had big performances, and that could end up being significant for the play-in picture, probably not for the Nuggets and the number one seed. Jalen Williams, J-Dub, the perimeter player, um, it has a right wrist sprain. He is missing both games. of o- He already missed both games of OKC's back-to-back set. We do not have a, a timeline for any further absences there. Jalen Brunson is going to return tonight, thankfully. Or, or I'm sorry, he's questionable for tonight. That probably means he's going to play, you would think, uh, with this left foot issue, left foot soreness uh, for a big game against two of the hottest teams in the NBA, Kings uh, and Knicks. 
Gary Harris left deductor soreness off the injury report ahead of tonight against Utah. For Philly, uh, Tobias Harris, remember he left the Bucks win with a calf contusion. P.J. Tucker with back spasms. Both of them return in the second half of a back-to-back on Tuesday as they destroyed Minnesota, even without James Harden, who sat due to left foot soreness. But Harden uh, will return in their next game as well. Yusuf Nurkic is back for Portland as they got completely destroyed by Boston last night. And I think that is it. Uh, we uh, await the Kevin Durant news with bated breath at the moment and we will talk to y'all on sunday till then thank you for listening and just one more time if you'd like to subscribe dunkdon.supportingcast.fm dunkdon.supportingcast.fm at bet365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every goal every game every point every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.